Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached. When I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom, I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 317, Turkey Taxidermy, with Tanner Burns. And I am your co-host, and the guy who just started Operation Making bacon. And I am your co-host and the guy who has to learn how to sneak out of his house Saturday morning. This coming Saturday or this past Saturday? This coming Saturday. And we both are going operations, it sounds like. Yeah, we are <laughs> going stealth. So why are you sneaking out of the house? And do I need to just go ahead and tell Audrey you're going to be sneaking out? She knows I'm sneaking out. So this Saturday's opening morning of duck season here in Tennessee. And my Labrador retriever, who is my best friend and who I trained myself, he has some health issues that almost killed him earlier this year, and he can't go. Mm -hmm. And if he knows I'm going duck hunting without him, he will literally die from a broken heart. So I think my plan is to get up like normal because I go work out in the mornings anyway and let him out and then put him back in the bedroom and then go change in a separate room into my camo Mm -hmm. then sneak out. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. I I just can't, he knows when I put the camo on and grab my shotgun, he knows what that means. Yeah. (laughs) And I just, I can't do it to the poor guy because, I mean, that's what he lives for, you know. That's what he was born to do. Literally what he was born to do. And I can't let him know what I'm up to, but I'm still going to go. It's, it's going to be weird hunting without him after hunting with him for two full seasons, but he'll be back in action come January. I just have to figure out how to sneak out to duck hunt for the month of December. Well, I hate that for him, but maybe you get him a season off work off duty and maybe his health issue will be healed and he'll be ready to go for next year yeah 
Well, he'll he'll be able to hunt in January, so he'll get half a season. Okay. But it's his first half. I'll have to do without him. But so there's my covert operation. Mm-hmm. What is Operation Making Bacon? Operation Making Bacon started Sunday around 3 p.m. when my dad and I completed my first hog trap building experiment. So, Have you had any visitors yet? (laughs) Nothing yet, but... How are you monitoring it? Trail cam. Cellular cam? Yes, sir. So if the camera sends you a picture of the whole sounder of hogs in the pen, do you have like a button you can press to let them have it? It just, I have some tannerite in the middle of the pen. That's what I'm talking about. With a bucket of bolts and nails oh, man. on top of the tannerite. And I've got a contraption set up to fire a rifle into the tannerite. Dang. See, all remote. If you could, if you could figure out a way to where you get like one of those little boxes with the handle that pulls up mm-hmm. at home, and so then you run in there to Tammy like it's Operation Making Bacon, and then you press down on the lever, that would be sick. Just saying. I could do it in my Arnold Schwarzenegger voice. Hasta la vista, babies. <laughs> Next trail cam picture is just like pieces of hog laying everywhere. And then it goes black because of all the shrapnel. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Well, good. Well, I hope you get them. It, you sent me a picture of the trap. It looked like it was really well made. So I have no doubt if you can lure them in there, it's going to be on for them. Yeah, I'm pretty confident the trap can hold them. And it's a matter of just getting them, like you said, luring them, luring them in there. And so it will happen as you know, it's just a matter of time and a matter of trial and error. And if they don't get educated in the process of the trial and error, then we'll be good. Yeah, well, I have faith in you, so I hope you hope you get them. Yeah, me too. There is a boar in that group. I'm just guessing because, you know, I have nothing to judge him by other than pictures. But I'm going to guess he's close to 300 pounds. Jeez. Yeah. That joker could tear you up if you wanted to. Oh, yeah. So Man. we'll see, and I'll keep you guys updated. Hopefully I'll have some bacon in the freezer before long. Yeah, I sure hope so. You know, I'm hoping in 80 days, 12 hours, and 52 minutes, you might have a little white meat to go with your bacon. Something healthy to go with all that fat? That's what I'm talking about. A lean, mean goblin machine out of Utah would be a really good complement to all that fatty bacon. If we can make that happen in Utah, that would be good. If not, I think I'm okay with it because I've already got my Utah bird. You don't have one, but I've got one. And then knowing that I am 114 days, 9 hours, 56 minutes, and 49 seconds from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama puts me a little bit at ease as well. Mm. Don't say that. We're going to kill them in Utah, but that that is nice to hear. 114 we're really closing in, man. I know we say it every week, but it just seems like these episodes are rattling out quick. Weeks are passing by quickly. We got the holidays coming, so it'll really go kind of quick. And it's going to be here before we know it. It is. And, you know, I think this show helps to kind of satisfy the urge just a little bit because we get to talk to some really, really cool men and women and really good turkey hunters as well yeah we really do it is fun yeah when you talk to people who are just as passionate about the sport as you are and you get to do that every single week man it's it does make it go by quicker so speaking of that we have a great guest today and a this really was a lot of fun this interview was a lot of fun just like last week's was a lot of fun well, in the week before that. <laughs> all right. So they're all, they all are all, all good. fun. Yeah. <laughs> we but, just put out great, we put out great stuff. That's the bottom line. Yeah. Now there were a lot of laughs to be had on this one. It was a, it was a great interview. So we have a little turkey taxidermy talk going on today. And we have as our special guest, Tanner Burns with Full Draw 
Taxidermy in West Virginia on the show with us today. Yeah, he, he was a great guest. Yeah, yeah. You know, not only is he a taxidermist, not only is he a turkey hunter, but he is well into the throes of his super slam. I can't even really yeah. say that because that's not exactly true. He's on he's, the downhill yeah. slide. He's a couple steps from being off the slide completely. <laughs> he's an inch away from home plate. Yeah. He lacks so. one state from completing his U.S. Super Slam. Yeah. And I got I got to thinking about that after our talk with him. As exciting as that would be. It would be depressing. It's got to be a little bit depressing. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of, you know, we talk about that on there and he kind of hints it. Yeah. You know, he's going to miss a couple aspects of it. So that's going to be one thing, you know, for you and me, Lord willing, we'll both complete ours as well. And then we got to figure out what's next. You know, we, we got to stay driven. Can't just, okay, we did it. You know, cool. We'll just hunt at home now. <laughs> yeah. I'm just yeah. going to hunt, you know, just Tennessee now. I'm done. Yeah. I kind of feel like I want to finish it on out and take care of Canada, take care of the oscillated, take a two or three week trip to australia and since i'm going to be there just you know take a little puddle jumper over to new zealand finish yep the kill there in new zealand and well then we'll maybe work on something different like try to do the impossible and kill a turkey in every county in the state of alabama there you go my, my next objective is going to be move to alaska change the climate enough to where it's conducive to turkeys transplant turkeys there and then kill one and be the first one to kill in all 50 states mm -hmm. How about that well you might want to start working on getting some in puerto rico too oh so in killing all 51 states that's right <laughs> what do you what do you say we hop into this episode <laughs> <laughs> let's do it you guys Get listen in and we'll see you on the other side see you on the other side Hey everybody, welcome back to this week's episode. We have on the line with us tonight Tanner Burns from Full Draw Taxidermy. We're going to talk to him not only about his artistic ability with taxidermy, but also he is attempting the U.S. Super Slam and happens to be very, very close. So Tanner, how are you and where are you this evening? Hey, I'm doing great, guys. Appreciate you, you fellas having me on to, to talk some turkey. I'm in my shop as we speak. I got my AirPods in, and I'm skinning a bobcat, so I'm doing a little multitasking right now. <laughs> All right. That's a first, yeah. I think, on the show. Yeah, yeah. I believe you're right. <laughs> Do you guys have bobcat season, or is it open year-round no no it, it comes in first week in november for trapping or rifle or, or shotgun or whatever yeah and it stays in till the end of december so you got about a two-month window where you can get you a cat and i think there i think you can kill six of them or trap six of them if i'm not mistaken okay hmm. yeah so you yeah. got a pretty healthy population oh yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. there's there's all kinds of cats here man they uh they're not. They're 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 uh they're thriving out here in the hills. That's for sure. Yeah. Good deal. Yeah. Pretty cool. So tell uh, me, for the listeners, how many states do you lack for your U.S. Super Slam on wild turkeys? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm at at 48. I just have Hawaii left. I didn't necessarily intend to have Hawaii as my last state. It's just kind of how things shook out. But yeah, so I just got Hawaii left. I've been working on my slam for oh a little less than a decade. I'd say I got serious about it probably about seven or eight years ago. I really went, you know, balls to the walls for the last seven or eight years after it. Yeah, man, looking forward to finishing things up in Hawaii March 1st. But yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy to, to think it's, it's coming to a close. <laughs> yeah. What's next on the list after that? Man, I don't know. I definitely want to go up to Canada and kill one. I want to go to, I want to go to Mexico and get my golds. Yeah. You know, maybe an oscillated eventually. But then, uh, man, I got a little boy and he just turned one today, actually. But uh, I'm hoping he's gonna let me drag him around the country for the next 20 years and do it again <laughs> once he's old enough to, to start hunting them. So I hope that's what's next. <laughs> that would be awesome. 
That would be great. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he's got a choice, man. It's happening, so he can. Uh, <laughs> he can he's just gonna have to. He's just gonna have to accept it. Yeah. What's been your favorite part of the Super Slam so far? Is there a certain state that was just oh, amazing? A certain part of it you man, really enjoyed? Yeah. Well, I think just uh, you know, not only seeing the country, but this is the relationships I've built along the way, man. And yeah. there, you know, some some of my best friends are are guys doing the slam or or turkey hunters and part of that is just because it you know a serious turkey hunter man uh, the only people that can connect with them i feel like is another serious turkey hunter so yeah some of my best friends are are turkey hunters and and uh I, i'm really appreciative of the fact that i've got to meet those people and and i wasn't much of a traveler before my folks you know they aren't they I've, they've not made it out of west virginia too many times i don't believe but found a love for traveling hunting turkeys and you know not only do i like to travel to hunt now but you know i like to like to travel in the summer with my wife and things like that and i'm not sure that would have ever happened if i hadn't started traveling around after after the turkey so uh yeah. that's probably you know a couple of things the relationships i build and, and uh and traveling around is, is, is fun to me uh and i also like the the uh, i'm gonna miss man i like having my back against the wall with a couple of days, you know, headed to a state for a weekend or whatever, that's like the ultimate to me is, is yeah. heading somewhere with two day two days and trying to get it done. I'm gonna miss that. I love that. I love that part of it. Yeah. Yeah. What? Even though, you know, a lot of times it might take some something away from it because you're always going so fast, but I really I like the I like the aspect of, of only having a few days and trying to get it done. Yeah. It definitely gives you incentive to get up out of the bed as if turkey hunting there, alone wasn't enough, there, but you know, <laughs> it, and it's like, there's no wasting time. Yeah. I mean, it's like, okay, it's lunchtime. So here's a sandwich in my vest and an apple or a banana or something. And I'm going to keep walking and, and scouting and calling yeah. and hunting. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's no, yeah. There's no going to, going to have lunch at, at Applebee's or something and taking the evening off that's for sure mm-hmm. and are you yeah. I, don't, I don't even know this guy's real name but Chubbs off the Penhody project <laughs> y'all are pals yeah Chubbs is my buddy man and I'll, I'll kind of try to condense this story as, as quick as I can but I met Chubbs when I was like oh god I think I was 19 years old and I was actually down on the on the national forest in Alabama, close to where Chubbs lives, and ended up meeting Chubbs down there through my high school gym teachers were big turkey hunters, man, like like serious turkey hunters. And they they traveled down to Alabama every spring for a couple of weeks and hunted down there. And they're actually who met they so even to go back even further, they met Chubbs when Chubbs was like and Chubbs' real name is Kenny Mount. Okay. I'm calling Chubbs, but but anyway, they met Kenny when he was like 12 and at that time I was I was a baby but anyway they had been going down there and they met Kenny in the National Forest and and they kind of took Kenny under their wing and basically taught Kenny how to hunt turkeys on the National Forest and public land and things like that so every year for probably 15 years when my gym teachers from my high school and from my elementary school went down there to hunt Kenny would go over and camp with them and and they would take him out and, you know, they taught him how to hunt and, and, and how they were doing things, which is a little bit different and kind of the style that you see Dave Owens and, and Kenny Hunt on the Penhody project is not your, not your normal style, but that's how the, the fellas, my gym teachers hunted. But so they became really good friends over the years. And finally I got them talked into letting me come down and, 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 hunt with them at this turkey camp when I was 19 years old because I was really interested in it and mm-hmm. uh, went down there and uh, actually ended up going out hunting with Kenny one day. And by this time, Kenny was probably 33 or 34 and Kenny was, you know, he's he's a master turkey hunter and, and he was at that point. And I realized the first time I went with him, I said, man, I have, if there's any way I've got to spend as much time as I can with this guy because he is, he's on a different level. And for whatever reason, man, and by the grace of God, he just took a liking to me. And he took me out a couple times that first that first year in Alabama that I went down there. I went back the next year, and we went out a couple times. And, and towards the, the end of that trip, he said, hey, man, I'm going to South Dakota here in a couple of weeks. He said, why don't, you, why don't you come with me? And I'd never traveled anywhere outside of just from West Virginia to Alabama at that point. And, uh, man, I went out to South Dakota with him, out to the Black Hills, and 
that's when that's when the fire really got lit after after I went out there and chased them, chased the the Miriams out there in the hills and. The rest is history. I think in the next two years, Kenny started his Super Slam after that, and and I was still traveling around with him, but I had no intentions to do the Slam. And before you know it, I've got like ten or fifteen states in, and you know he's a thirty couple by then. And that's when I started really getting serious about it. Yeah. And man, and here we are in present day. But that's the kind of the shortened story of how I know him. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So now he comes up. He's done with his slam. He finished it in 2018, but he came up this spring to West Virginia and hunted, and and uh, we always try to take a couple trips together every year. And he's he's going to be in Hawaii when when I hopefully finish this thing up. Because I told him uh, we talked on the phone there not too long ago, and I said, man, you you got to be there when I finish it. And he, you know, of course, he's going to come. So it's going to be uh, hopefully it'll be a special trip. Very yeah. cool. That'll be awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm uh, I'm forever in debt to that fella for sure. So for your business, if we do have any listeners who are in West Virginia, how could someone contact you or or ship? Can can people ship turkeys to you to mount? Yeah, yeah, we take frozen turkeys in. So best way to get a hold of me is through Facebook or Instagram, and my handle on both those is this full draw taxidermy. And then we can kind of go over the, the, the process for, for shipping a frozen bird, but we actually actually have a video that's coming out here in the next week or two that I did with Dave Owens from the Penhody Project, or it probably will come out closer to spring. But anyway, we did a video on how to skin a turkey, like if you're on a trip and you want to get it mounted, how to break one down and skin one for a mount or for shipping. So be on the lookout for that video on the on the Penhody Project's YouTube page here in in, uh, in the next couple months. Cool. Yeah. And, and yeah, when you skin one like that, I actually was planning to ask you this because one uh-huh. of my biggest hesitations to mounting a turkey is I really enjoy eating them. So oh, the yeah. way you're saying oh, yeah. the video is going to show, you can actually get the meat and still mount your bird. Oh yeah, that's the best thing about it because you know people that don't know how to skin them, you have to ship it to its hole. And then, uh, and then of course, a lot of times I end up keeping the meat for myself and, <laughs> and giving it to and giving it to friends or my wife. She's pretty selfish about turkey meat. She doesn't like to share it. But yeah, that's a good thing about it, man. Once once you know how to skin one, then you can you can keep all the meat, and it's actually you know better than uh, once you get all that skin off there. You can really get every every morsel off of there. So. It's a uh, it's a good thing to know for sure, especially if you're a yeah. I'll man. be I'll be watching that for sure because that, that's been one big hindrance for me for mounting a turkey is is the yeah because you don't want to lose the meat yeah yeah seriously I I love getting the meat off yeah. my bird so that that was a big deal oh, for me. yeah yeah absolutely yeah that's it's it's going to help a lot of people out because there's not really a whole lot on uh you know out there to to even show people how to do it so I think it'll I think it'll help a lot of people especially as much as people are starting to travel and. And things like yeah. that with, with turkey hunting. It's getting bigger and bigger every year, it seems like. For sure. How did you get into taxidermy? Oh, well, I've always been an avid hunter. And um, I guess when I was in high school, I started doing European skulls for people. Yeah. Just on the side. It's like a little high school side gig. And when I went to college, I'm a school teacher as well. And in between my undergrad and my master's, you know, people always have side gigs with teaching because you got the whole summer off and, you know, have pretty good hours. But I knew that taxidermy would be something that I would want to do on the side. And since this has turned into a whole full-blown business, and a lot of times I say I'm a full-time taxidermist and I teach on the side now. But anyway, kind of, you know, the European mount is kind of how I got into it. But then I went to taxidermy school in Thompson Falls, Montana, when I think I was 19 or 20, and uh, came back and started the business from scratch you know it's just one of those things word of mouth and it's gotten bigger every year and you know this spring we took in 80 turkeys and close to 100 and some deer and 30 couple bears so it's uh it's 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 expanding rapidly it seems like yeah so you're a yeah. school teacher for the job and yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you still manage to turkey hunt and kill in four to five states a year. <laughs> so uh, do yeah, tell a little yeah. bit about that, please. Yeah, so with teaching, we, we have spring break. we got a week for spring break that I'm able to travel. Mm-hmm. Our school usually lets out 
the 24th of May. So I always have a trip over Memorial weekend there at the end of May as well. And then I usually have a week of, of uh, personal time that I can finagle and take there. So usually I get three weeks, three, close to three full weeks in the spring that I'm able to go and travel around. So that's kind of how I do it with our spring break and with school ending when it does before Memorial weekend. And then, but you know, when I was doing, there's been some, some years where I've done like nine or 10, or I think one year I did 11 or 12. And a lot of those were, I was flying somewhere on a, on a Friday night and, and getting there and, and hunting Saturday, Sunday. And maybe I was able to take a, a day on Monday, but a lot of those were three day weekends yeah. or a lot, you know, when, before I got so deep into it and I could drive to a lot of places, it was nice because I'd just take a two or three day weekend and drive somewhere. But then when I started getting, you know, states everywhere, I would have to fly there. So there was a couple really hectic springs there where I would fly somewhere on, you know, just for the weekend. And my wife said, you're, you're freaking nuts. I'm like, you don't have to tell me. I already know. Yeah, yeah, man. If you had been my teacher in high school or middle school, whatever you're teaching, (laughs) we wouldn't have accomplished much in class because me and you'd be in the corner (laughs) strategizing the whole time. (laughs) Oh, I got some kids like that, man. They they try to get me off on turkey tangents. I know how they operate. I teach sixth graders, so they try to get me (laughs) off track all the time. It yeah. wouldn't be hard to get me off track if they started talking turkey and be like, all right, you're silent yeah. this week. Go hear a gobble. Come back. <laughs> Tell me where he was. That's right. Yeah, nothing wrong with that, man. They can learn more in the woods they can in there anyway. Does yeah. it not kill you every morning in the spring when the season opens in West Virginia that you're at work and oh i go every morning i, I got okay. I, I got it finagle man i got a couple properties where i can hunt our birds usually hit the ground in our in our neck of the woods they usually hit the ground if you know it's good weather conditions about about 10 after 6 or six fifteen, and i don't have to be at school till seven forty. so i usually got about an hour and 15 minutes to mess with them yeah. so i usually get my i usually get my two killed before school through the week but roosting's a big part too because you know when you have mm-hmm. uh when you only have an hour to mess with them i have to have the perfect turkey to go in after so i'll yeah. go roost almost every i'll go roost almost every evening during our season and once i get one that's in a good spot or i know he's by himself then then i'll go in for the attack and, and try and get one before school but and then, but you know for the last you know eight years every weekend i uh, I'm going somewhere, so I haven't got, gosh, I can't tell you besides this year with COVID, I can't tell you the last time I got like a full weekend to hunt West Virginia. It's always just drive-bys in the morning, you know, just, yeah. just real quick hunts. Yeah. yeah, so it's uh this this year was nice because we were off school with COVID, so I got to hunt the whole season in West Virginia, man. It was it was cool, and, you know, a bunch of my buddies came up and chugs came up, but it was, it was a season unlike anything that, I've got to do in West Virginia for a long, long time since I was a kid. Yeah, that's pretty cool. What states did you mark off the list this past season, this past spring? Uh, Let's see. So I started things off in uh, Oklahoma and Arkansas. I had to do Oklahoma and Arkansas. I did that, uh, I guess that would have been the first part of April, right there around mid-April. And then um, at the end, or first part of May, I went up to the Northeast in Massachusetts, Connecticut, and Rhode Island. So that was five and then I flew to Oregon over Memorial Weekend and uh, and knocked out Oregon. So that was uh, that was my six from the spring, I think. I don't think I'm missing any. I think that was yeah, six of them this spring. But, yeah. Cool. What a year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. It was a good one. It was a good one. I even made it. You know, obviously I hunted West Virginia, and then I even made it up to Pennsylvania at the last part too. So I got to hunt PA too. I was kind of close enough where I can jump up there and drive up the PA, you know, within, within a reasonable time to, to hunt if I fill my West Virginia tags. And again, man, with COVID and me not having to teach school, uh, I was able to drive up the PA and, and, and get a bird up there at the, at the end of May too. So it was another one for the books, man. It was, it was a blessed year. So if you can clean the turkey and eat it and still mount it, how do you keep from mounting every bird that you kill? <laughs> oh man, Cameron, you should see my freezer, buddy. There's about forty of them in there that I want to mount. Oh, <laughs> uh, if I if I kill him and he's in good shape, I keep the cape, man. I can't I can't yeah. throw him away. And and most yeah. of the time, I I try and 
I try and get to them as quick as I can to keep them really good. And, uh, I got a whole freezer full of them bad boys that, uh, that need mounted. And, um, but I keep a lot of them. I really do. And I've, I, for the longest time, man, I'm not one of those guys that figured out turkey taxidermy very quickly. I, you know, it took me years to figure these things out, and I still don't have them figured out. But I would mount, I would practice on my own turkeys, and I can't tell you how many of them that I threw away in the process. You know, I would keep their beard and spurs or whatever, but I would, I would mm-hmm. go through the mounting process and never be happy with it, and I would spend all day out there trying to, trying to get them right and. I'm talking. I'm talking. This has been a year, years of, of, of a struggle trying, trying to get these things right. But you know, you don't want to. You don't want to do that with a customer's bird. So it was always my birds. I was, or my friend's birds that I was tinkering with, trying to trying to figure out the mounting process. Yeah. Has there been a turkey of your own or someone sent to you that that was just super unique? Yeah, I took in a bird this 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 spring from West Virginia. I was all white. It was completely albino, and it had, and it had an inch over an inch and a half spurs on it. Wow! And they were solid white, man. And it's amazing that that thing lived in the wild for that long. But he was an old turkey. Oh, and he had a double beard too. Good wow. gosh! Mm. I would say, oh, yeah, you have one of those factors. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> Not all three yeah, together. Man, I think but... I'd just pass out if I killed that. Oh my God! Yeah, I'd die a happy man if I was this fellow. But yeah, you have to be on the lookout on my page when I mount that thing because it's gonna be that's gonna be a special one. I bet you're gonna take your took... time on that one. Oh man, he's gonna be immaculate. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's getting the works for sure. Yeah, you screw him up, you can't be like, oh, just bring me another one. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's he's not one you can just go out in the woods and kill every day. But uh, he he was in the best thing about it. He's in fantastic shape, you know. A lot of the birds that get brought in, people don't know any better, and you know they they get all messed up and and beat themselves up after the shot, or they just toss them in the back of the truck. But this one, he was he was in great shape, so that's mm. gonna that's gonna make my job a lot easier. Very cool. Do you yeah yeah do you get heads from buddies and that kill birds and use those oh, to yeah. replace and that kind of thing? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm always I mean, I'm a I'm a turkey head klepto, man. Anytime I'm on uh I'm on I'm on trips with my I'm on trips with my buddies, I'm always taking the turkey heads and uh uh Kenny saves his heads for me and um uh, Eric Warlick, uh, another guy that hunts on YouTube there with, with Dave, they they call him Sleazy. He saves he saves his heads for me and of course all my buddies here around West Virginia save their heads. So I uh I manage to collect quite a few heads through my my connections throughout the spring so i'm always i'm always trying to trying to get heads and for any hunters out there listening to this man those things are worth like 15 bucks a piece if they're in good shape so you have a good spring and kill 10 turkeys that's an out-of-state license somewhere just in heads man that's true i've never thought about that that's very true (laughs) for for somebody who would want to do that what's the best way to preserve them for for a buddy or to sell them oh man it is literally a two-minute process so all you do is just take your knife cut the head right at the feather line and just just slice him right at the feather line then just take you uh, your clippers that you keep in your vest you know for for pruning or whatever or maybe you got you some shears that you keep when you're skinning and cut his head off and throw it in a ziploc bag and freeze it and that's it i mean wow. it, it takes somebody maybe less than a minute i mean it's it's super simple just cut it at the feather line and cut it off very cool. And uh, that video I was telling you about. You're looking for the bird that doesn't have a broken beak or. Right, any, right, right. It can't, yeah. be, com- can't be completely annihilated. Yeah, you just toss those away. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. the way all of mine look the when TSS I kill them. Will, since I body yeah, shoot the all of mine. <laughs> <laughs> the TSS is, is kind of good, but kind of bad because they do make a small, they, they have a small entrance hole, but, you know, you got. 500 of them coming at the head at 15 yards it doesn't matter if it's a small hole or not a lot of times they have some irreversible damage done to them poke enough <laughs> small holes in, a, in one surface it forms a bigger hole exactly. it becomes a big hole yes that's a good way to put it <laughs> yeah. what is what's in your opinion what is the hardest way to mount a turkey i mean position you know is it the hardest one for me to get and yeah probably the half strut's hard but for me man a full strut was the hardest one to get to 
to make it look right. And I spend too much time around these things, you know, and I know how they're supposed to look and, and what a good one looks like. So that was the, the biggest thing for me and why it took so long, man, because I knew what a good turkey was supposed to look like. And, you know, I, I saw good mounts that people had done. And it's, it's just not something you can pick up. But, yeah, the full strut, getting the full strut and the look and all that was, was the hardest. And I think flying is probably the easiest because you don't have any feathers standing up. Flying's probably pretty easy and standing isn't bad. But when you get into the goblin and the full strut, those are those are hard ones to pull off. And that's what everybody wants. So, um, you know, I've gotten quicker and better at them over time, but oh, I, I, I just can't emphasize enough how, how long of a journey it's been, man. I'm talking, I'm talking years trying to figure these things out. Yeah. Have you done many dead mounts? Yeah, I do, do some hanging dead. Yeah, we do. We've probably got five of them to do this year. and We do a handful of them every year. and We do some standing, flying, you know, we do four or five of those off poses, but you know, we probably got 30 strut to do and 30 goblin to do. And, mm-hmm. and the other 20 are just, you know, just off the wall poses like yeah. flying or standing or half strut or whatever. But, you know, flying or strutting and goblins always the main two that we deal with. If I wanted to do a mount with you, do you send like a catalog of pictures? Like which one do you want? Or do I just send you, make it look like this turkey? Or how does that usually yeah, work? Yeah, basically. Yeah, so most people, they just uh, they either get a, a mount that they find on the internet or on my page or even a picture of a live bird doing something, and, and they say, do this. And that's a good thing about turkeys that, you know, it's different than deer. You know, deer, you got all this book of forms to pick from, but turkeys, you can really do any kind of pose with them that you want, and you can manipulate the feathers any way you want. So if you find a live picture, well, you know, we can we can make it look like that. That's the great thing about it basically either a picture of a of a live bird or a mount that you like and that's kind of how people do it but as far as like you know a, a poster of poses or whatever that's that's not really something that they have for turkeys yeah when i yeah. when i completed my grand slam actually when i started my grand slam my first one i said well i'm going to get mm-hmm. each one of the subspecies mounted and i'm mm-hmm. going to get them mounted exactly like they looked when i killed them uh-huh. after i got the second one in mm-hmm. back from the taxidermist and it was looking over its shoulder just like the first one was and its saucers were real big and its mouth was open like ah! <laughs> and running you know away yeah. from me i thought okay I, yeah probably that's not the best looking pose so no, no, you had to had to had to stray from your I did right before death pose. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got yeah. a few of them strutting uh, in, you know, and that never happens for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I've cool, got man. mine roosted in the tree still because that's how I kill all mine. <laughs> that's all right, man. Don't let, don't let their feet hit the ground. That's the way to do it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how y'all hunt them. <laughs> Yeah, Do flashlight you, after dark is the best way. Yeah, I was going to ask if you had the, the spotlight <laughs> coming up from underneath them. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a unique uh, mount for sure. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Goodness. Well, that's yeah. awesome. So you've been working on turkeys for roughly how long? Oh, man, I guess I started trying to figure them out probably around 2014 or so. and I've been all over the country to workshops, man. I went to Tennessee uh, and learned under a guy for a week. And uh, I went to Pennsylvania and took a class and learned under a guy for a while. And I'll tell you when things really started to click for me was was about two years ago. I went down to Florida, and there's a taxidermist down there that specializes in turkeys. His name's Mike Mazzelli, and he's Black Wings Taxidermy, Black Wings Turkeys down there. And Mike's probably the best turkey guy in the country in my opinion but he's a big turkey hunter too and and he was gracious enough to let me come down and stay with him in a shop for about a week and he, he let me mount a bird every day so for seven days i mounted i mounted a bird every day down there and that's when things clicked man the light bulb finally came on and i came back and and had turkeys to do of my own for for customers and stuff and that's when that's when things really started changing for me as far as my business and and people wanting my turkeys is is after i got back from being down there with mike so mike thank you so much (laughs) yeah 
Well, your yeah, yeah, your but, feather work is incredible. I mean, it is. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, there's a lot of detail that goes into that, and and they just you know the pictures that I've seen of them look really really good. Yeah, thank you. A lot of people uh, a lot of people are liking our heads too. The way that we paint our heads is is pretty unique. I don't know if there's any other taxidermists or turkey taxidermists that are quite doing our head schemes the way we're doing them. So. A lot of, you know, we're selling we're selling a lot of turkey mounts just on our heads, too. Yeah, yeah cool. they, they are beautiful. I'm looking at a bunch of pictures of them right now. I like the, all the different poses are so cool. That Yeah, man, that's a, that's the thing that stays fresh about turkeys is everyone's different. Deer are so monotonous for me, man, but a turkey, everyone's different. So that's why, another reason why I like doing them so much. Yeah. Tanner, yeah. Can, I, can I ask a favor of you? Sure. So when Cameron sends you a turkey to mount, and and he will, when he sends you one, <laughs> will you paint the head of it green? He will never green. Know. Oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Blaze orange would be even better. Yeah. Well, he can see that, so he's yeah. red green colorblind. He'll never know. Oh, if you paint the head green. really? Yeah. That'd be hilarious. That'd yeah, be that awesome. would be pretty yeah. freaking wrong. Like it's like <laughs> instead of red, white, and blue, it's it's just red and green, and I don't even know it. So is green well, the only color you can't do? Well, red and green. So you could do red and green, and I would still think it looked great. Well, you'd probably want to put some rough. light on you, there, though, just rough. to make it more believable. Yeah, you'd be, you'd be rough to go blood trailing with, man. I, I don't. That's that's part of the problem for me. <laughs> if it doesn't fall right in front of me, I'm not going to be the guy that finds it. Uh, at least turkeys, man, you don't have to worry about that most of the time, I should say. Yeah, uh, I I did try to start archery hunting for turkeys some, but I'm going for the head shot with the big broadhead for that sole reasoning because I can't blood trail. Yeah, holy crap, man, that's crazy. Yep, it's pretty pretty crazy. There was I, I don't know. I'm, I'll share a brief story about how crazy it is. I don't know if you've ever seen those little charts that have the little dots on them that are different colors, and people who aren't colorblind can see that there's like a number in there. And people that no, are colorblind, I, you, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was over at my in-law's house before I married my wife, and I was telling them I was colorblind, I pulled up one of those charts to show them, you know, that I couldn't see the number that was in there, but they could kind of thing. Well, the one on Google Images was a picture of male genitalia <laughs> that colorblind people couldn't see. <laughs> Oh, and your in-laws saw it? Yeah, so I turned it around and, and awesome. showed it to my, my future mother-in-law, and she's like, uh, what, what is that? No clue? <laughs> I was like, see, I can't see anything in there. And she's like, yeah, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. What are the chances? Yeah, pretty uh, pretty cruel world out there on Google Images. Yeah, man. Pick, always pick it on the colorblind people. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> But oh shoot! Anyway, I appreciate you coming on here with us. So you you do turkeys, deer, bear, and on your page it looked like even foxes and coyotes. Yeah, predators. So we uh, we tell everybody we specialize in turkeys, and then uh, of course we do deer because that's the main that's the main gig here where we're at. But yeah, uh, yeah. So we specialize in turkeys, do deer and and bear and predators, but. We've pretty much given up doing anything, no waterfowl or or anything like that, or really small game like squirrels. But that's a, that's kind of the main four that we deal with here in the shop. So okay, great. People that are out of state yeah. that want to ship a bird to you, how do you recommend they package that bird up to ship? Let's say it's the whole bird. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, uh, I would definitely recommend shipping it on a Monday uh, and make sure that it's completely frozen. Uh, and you want to put packing paper in there as like insulation kind of mm-hmm. just, to, just to help keep it, keep it frozen. And that's, that's basically uh, the only thing you can do. I've had some people ship like whole coolers to me just to help them, you know, with the turkey in the cooler to help keep them cool. But right. really, if you get it skinned out, if you get it skinned out like that video that's coming out, you can just put it in a box with packing paper and make sure it's completely frozen. As long as it gets here within three to four days, that turkey's going to be completely fine. But yeah, it's 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 not too not too big of a deal as long as it's completely frozen. You got it 
insulated with packing paper and ship it out on Monday are the kind of the main key points when you do it. Do you, and, and I know it makes a difference where it's being shipped from, but do you think it matters shipping it in July or August versus, say, November, December? Well, definitely probably be, you know, it's, it's going to stay frozen longer if, if you're doing it in the wintertime. Yeah. But I do tell people if they can get it to me in April or May as soon as they kill it when the weather's, you know, reasonably cool where we're at or where they're at, that's always good. And if they want to do it in the summertime, their location does become a factor because you don't want that you don't want that bird out there for three or four days in conditions like that. But if they can get it here within two days, you know, you're in the clear. So that's just kind of a case-by-case basis when, when it comes to that. And a lot of people don't know, but can you quickly explain what happens when to a, to a turkey hide when it's unfrozen for a long period of time? Well, nothing that's not a problem with, you know, deer or anything. You just you just don't want it to, to start that that decomposition process and, and turkeys will they'll get that green texture just like anything when they start to break down. So that's just really what you're trying to avoid if you if you leave them out. So you're just trying to trying to keep them cool to avoid that skin from from breaking down. And you know, I've I've, I've taken such great or tried to take such good care of of all of them that I've received. I've never really had one that 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 has not been good. That's been that's been sent to me because turkeys you know they they actually keep a little bit longer than than big game with fur because they don't have quite the amount of meat and and uh Mm -hmm. and their fat's a little bit different than big game so they actually keep they keep better than than big game animals such as deer you know anything like that so i guess that's another plus with with dealing with turkeys as well yeah Yeah. and it's always a good idea to call you before they ship to make sure you're not on vacation oh. for that week, isn't it? Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, you'll you'll definitely wanna wanna make sure that you get it out on on the Monday that I tell you that'll you know, that'll be best, um, because you don't you don't wanna miss us here. But that way you I always like for them to, to kinda email me their tracking number as well so I can just kinda keep tabs on it because as soon as it gets off the off the UPS truck or the mail truck I you know, like to be able to get it taken care of as quickly as possible so yeah definitely don't just randomly ship one here that would not be good yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. the uh, neighborhood dogs probably love to hang out around your shop oh oh man i uh i got a good story about that when i first started i i moved to uh i got this house uh, our new house and we built a new shop and it's kind of out of town and we got a couple acres with it, so when I got a bunch of carcasses this spring, you know, it's hard to get rid of, you know, 20 turkey carcasses. So I started just pitching some in a ditch there down behind our house, just, you know, for coon food or possum food or whatever. And I come home from school one day, man, and it's like a scene out of The Wizard of Oz in my backyard. There are hundreds of buzzards in the trees and i was like oh my god this is not good (laughs) so i had to i had to basically put a respirator on and some gloves and a hazmat suit and go get these go get these rotten carcasses and gather them up but yeah that was uh that was the last time that that happened but not a good not a good idea to do that yeah 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 the buzzards buzzards were happy there yeah i've got a i've got a pretty strong one but that one was that was that was not good yeah Something about a, a <laughs> rotting turkey, it has a certain... Uh, it's got a different smell to them. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they got a tang to, they got a tang to them. You got you to gotta get accustomed to it for sure. But, you know, I, I smell it so often even when I'm working with them. You know, those turkeys, they just have that smell that's, that only a turkey has. So it's uh, a lot of people don't like it but i've kind of gotten used to it it's kind of like a fatty smell or i don't know man even their feathers that down smell of their feathers they they just have a unique smell to them yeah yeah uh, i have a buddy who i have a buddy he was he was going in on some on some roosted turkeys and he swears that he could smell the turkeys in the dark he said he could smell the down off their feathers and they'd almost believe him because you know i mean they do have that a smell to them and he said he said he got to where he thought they ought to be in the dark, and he said he could smell the down off their feathers. 
and he sat down and 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 I don't know whether it was by by just bluff or whatever, but the but the turkeys were there. So now he's convinced that if the conditions are right, you can you can smell one. <laughs> so if you hunt with him now, is he just crawling around with his nose on the ground, or is he walking? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, he's he's still hunting them like normal, but I think he just. He, uh, maybe in the dark, he, he keeps the lookout for the, the yeah. smell of turkey down. I, I senses. Yeah, I like it. That's what I hadn't heard for sure. Well, yeah, I'm not going to yeah, doubt him God. because I'm getting ready to sign my wife up to become a drug dog at one of the airports because uh-huh. she can smell anything from uh, any yeah, I mean, distance. You might have to start taking her hunting with you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> give, yeah. give her a couple of turkey feathers to smell and yeah. let her go off in the woods. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, uh, I have learned to not doubt anyone else's turkey stories after seeing what I've seen in my few times in the woods. It, there's definitely truth yeah. behind a lot of them and plenty of lies. Well, this, this is a, this, this, yeah, I mean, this is coming from, from your, from your, Every day, like Joe Smo, turkey hunter, but this guy—he's—he's he's a killer, a proven killer. So I—I I, I don't want to doubt him. So almost, you know, it's—it's it's like maybe he does smell them. You know, I can't smell them. Why can't I smell them? Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, awesome. Well, yeah. Tanner, thank you so much for coming on here. Hopefully, maybe we can get you back on after you finish out the slam and and hear about your success. Yeah, man, it was good talking to you guys. I appreciate you having me on. And I uh, that was perfect. I just finished up an entire bobcat in our little chat here, so that worked awesome. out good. That was good timing. Good multitasking. <laughs> good job. Right. That's right. Well, uh, thanks a lot, guys. Man, y'all have a good evening. Well, thank you. Too, you. We, yeah, we appreciate it, and and good luck to you this coming season yeah, and happy yeah. thanksgiving and all that good stuff yeah man you guys too take it easy all right, all right. thanks Tanner. all right that's fantastic that was that was a lot of fun again you know they're all fun but that one right. there there was some there was some bs being spread in that one but, <laughs> but not by tanner i think it's primarily by you yeah probably so. so i mean i am a turkey hunter there's some truth to that <laughs> All right, I got one question for you. If you knew how to, you know, mount a wild turkey well, more or less than 20 mounted turkeys in your house? Mm, less. Mm. I don't know that they'd actually be in my house, but my my attic would be full of them. Well, let me tell you why I say less. I like to make money. And so if I were really good at it, I would be mounting them for other people mm. and charging a fee to do so. See, if I just knew how to do it, though, every turkey I kill in that moment, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is the most beautiful one ever, you know. <laughs> so well, and you know, myself you, coming home and being so hyped up that I just start mounting him immediately. Well, if you think back to what Tanner said, you know, he said he's got, what, 20 in his freezer? Yeah. So, or 40. I think he said he had 40 in his freezer. Yeah, he said a bunch. Yeah. So, you know, I can see them going into the freezer and then saying, okay, I'm going to pull this one out because the one I just put in there is better than this one. Culling them out kind of like a bass fisherman does in a bass tournament. Yeah. That, that's what I would envision myself doing is because I would get so hype after every one that I would want to mount it. And then the, the thought would die off as I got another one and another one. And, you know, (laughs) I can see you throwing that super Jake in your vest and thinking. Oh, he had that one. He had that one feather with a little bit of white on it. Oh my gosh! Got to mount it. I've got to get him mounted. <laughs> the way he came, just gobbling like crazy and strutting, and man, look at, look at the middle of his fan. It's taller than the rest. Of it. How sick is that? <laughs> That's unique. <laughs> <laughs> yeah got beard rod it's only four inches on I mean, this is great uh-huh yeah yeah that would be me that that's about right but yeah it's super cool project to do i mean i think that would be a fun art to learn i mean and you have to be artistic to be able to do what those people do mm-hmm. and he definitely has it you know he said it came with a lot of hard work but if you look at his pictures online and stuff he's definitely paying a lot of attention to detail it's a good looking mount yeah 
I, I got to figure out what it's going to take for me to mount a turkey. I've never mounted one yet, and I don't know when it's going to be or what it's going to be that makes me finally decide to mount one. Well, you've killed some really good birds, and so what is it going to take? I don't know. Three beers? Wisconsin, Wisconsin was the closest I got. God, that bird is huge. Yeah, I know, and I, I almost regret not mounting him, but I, it's not going to be a multi-bearded bird. Multi beards, that that's not what gets me going at least. It's gonna be like if I kill one with two spurs the size of that Wisconsin gobbler or one with a bigger spur than that, it he'll probably get mounted. What about an albino That would do it. Double bearded, inch and a half spurs that are white. Yeah. The bird he described, that would be getting mounted. <laughs> And I would probably go supervise its mounting every day to make sure he didn't run off with it. I like how he casually answered that question when you said, do you have any, have you had any unique looking birds come in? Well, I mean, yeah, I guess, you know, I've had several come in. Let's see. Well, I'm I'm doing, about to do one that's white, all white albino and has two beards. Oh, yeah, and inch and a half spurs. Uh, Inch and a half spurs, and... Oh, those are white, too. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, and he weighed 42 pounds. I forgot the... (laughs) Yeah. He's somewhat unique. That's going to be a pretty cool trophy. Yeah, I can't wait to see a picture of it. I hope he posts it online. I'm sure he will after he mounts it, but that'll be pretty neat for sure. I think if I kill one that has two spurs on each leg, that may be what gets me. I've, I've always wanted to do that for some reason. That would be pretty neat. Yeah. So anyway, pretty yeah. cool. Y'all check out Full Draw Taxidermy on social media. Contact him if you're wanting to mount a bird or a deer or a bear or whatever it is. I think he'll do you a good job and hope you guys enjoyed hearing from Tanner and his quest for the Super Slam and telling us a little bit about the taxidermy world behind wild turkeys. Very cool. Yeah, do that. Let him know you guys heard him on the turkey hunter podcast yeah please we always encourage you to do that is that your favor of the week or you got something else up your sleeve well that is a favor for this week but the real favor of the week is this i know a lot of people have had their thanksgiving plans canceled or altered and i am going to ask you guys to just take a little extra time this year and reflect back as crazy as this year has been reflect back on what you really are thankful for and i guarantee you there are a handful if not two or four hands full of people and if you're not going to see them face to face on thanksgiving day reach out to them shoot them a text message i mean just something as easy as that and just let them know that you're thankful that they are in your lives you're thankful for their friendship or their parenting you for all the years that they put up with your bs or that you're thankful that they are your children and that you got to put up with their bs but take that extra time this year and if you are going to be alone or just with your immediate family and not your extended family, don't just use that time just to lounge around and be a slug. Put forth that little bit of effort. Let those people know you miss them and you appreciate them. I like that a lot. Please do that. I'll do that myself. So on that note, I'm going to say that I am extremely thankful For all of you guys that listen to this show, whether you subscribe to the premium content or you do not, I'm very, very thankful for you because if you didn't listen to this, and it still amazes me that so many of you do, (laughs) but (laughs) I mean, it doesn't really because we do put out good content, but it's like, who wants to listen to me? (laughs) Yeah. Our guests are good. I'll give us that, but I don't know about the rest of it. Yeah, no doubt. I envision most people skip this whole part anyway and probably won't hear it. <laughs> the guest leaves are done. <laughs> probably so. Probably so. But I, I really am. I'm thankful for you guys who listen to the show. I'm thankful for the opportunity to do this show for you and with you because you are in my mind, and I know you're in Cameron's mind every single episode as well because when we put these things together, look, we weed out a lot of ideas. 
because there's always the question of, is that going to be a good enough show to put out? Do we have enough good content if we talk about that topic where we can put that show out? And so anyway, thank you guys for listening. I, I appreciate it greatly. I know that Cameron does, and I'm speaking for him when he's here. So if he's got something to add to that, he certainly can. Or if he doesn't, yeah. then we're just moving on. No, I definitely appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for listening, especially our premium subscribers. You are the reason we're still going on this show, so we appreciate it. And we put a lot of hard work and time into this and hearing from y'all and others about how they enjoyed a certain episode or great job, guys, anything like that that I've seen on social media. It's really encouraging, so thank you for doing that. Yeah. So with that said, thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week and a happy Thanksgiving. And we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.